everybody, and welcome to On the Flank, episode number 11. I am your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, this is good old episode 11. We're continuing our Wednesday streak here. We thought it'd be uh, fitting because BlizzCon starts very soon. We might as well might as well start uh, close to BlizzCon. And here in the offseason, we've gotten tons of news on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, not as much this week. Um, but but we still got some news. Uh, we, we do have events to talk about. Good old BlizzCon. I'm excited. Uh, BlizzCon is, is one of my favorite times of the year as a fan of a bunch of Blizzard games. And we get to see some Overwatch esports as well. Overwatch World Cup is this weekend. Joe, you ready to dive in and actually preview uh, these quarterfinals and uh, predict who's going to win it all? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. So let's just go game by game on this bracket and and talk about it since we since we do have the first four matches that we are going to see on Friday, um, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time for us. Uh, the first one is the U.S. versus the United Kingdom. Um, I think most people have U.S. in this one. Joe, are you are you any different from them? No, I would definitely agree. Um, and, you know, uh, thinking back to what we saw from. Great Britain in the Paris stage, yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously they came second out of there, but uh, they got pretty well handled, uh, I thought, by France and presumably by the United States as well. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I think there's not too much else to preview with this one. I mean, UK is just uh, mostly filled with contenders talent, uh, and the US has some of the best Overwatch League talent in the world. So, um, yeah, I think most people consider US to be a top three team for sure, so uh, I would I would go U.S. on this one. Uh, it's best of five, right? So I'll, I'll give it a 3-0. I'll give it a 3-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is France versus Canada. The old uh, French showdown here, as, as some Canadians speak French, of course. Um, this one's a really good match. Uh, some people have France rated highly. Some people have France rated pretty lowly because they say their group wasn't as strong. Uh, do, do you agree with the, these these haters, Joe, or or do you think French could pull off a big upset here against Canada? Uh, yeah, I think certainly uh, this side of the bracket, uh, France, Canada, and then later China, Finland is is the closer of the two um, here in the semifinal round because yeah, it's um, the you know Team France uh, for the World Cup is almost sort of a trial run uh, for Team Paris uh, Overwatch League season two, right? Lots of uh, player overlap, but um, yeah, to com- to compare the performance, um, you know, from the Canadian groups or not Canadian group stage, from the LA group stage, uh, with Team Canada, uh, as compared to the Paris group stage with France. So you're right; they were uh, very different groups. Um, it's, it's, so for that, it's going to be hard. Uh, I might, um, you know, it's it, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's this just comes down to um, be you know the factors of the day you know who's having a good day who's what maps are they playing and almost um but you know i might give a slight edge um i don't know to france um and that might just be because we've seen them more recently but um but it'll definitely be a good match you know we've seen the lots of the established talent on uh canada lots of the uh developing talent on uh, team france um i think either way that'll be a good um uh, semi-final rounds. We, so he yeah. says it's the quarterfinal round, but a good semi-final round on that side of the bracket for sure. Oh yeah, um, 
This one's going to five five maps for sure. I think this is the best quarterfinal matchup in my opinion. Um, I really like I really like both these teams. It's going to be a hard one. Um, and honestly, I think France takes it three to two. They've got something to prove as as the new new kids in town. Uh, as the the Paris roster right here has been announced, I think they're all they're all ready to to show the world that uh, Paris is going to be a good team in Overwatch League this year. I, I think, guess that's technically an upset because what Canada got second last year, right? Uh huh. Canada got so. second last year, and I think most people think that Canada is the better team for sure. They've got more Overwatch League talent. I mean, technically, last season they do, but uh, now it's pretty even if you, if yeah. you take a look at current <laughs> rosters. Um, but I, I honestly think this is going to be a lot. I think it's going to be very close, um, and I think I think. The old French are going to take this one, actually, in a shocking upset here. Three to two. Um, next one after that one is going to be China versus Finland, which is also a really good match. Um, you've got a team, a Finnish team that played played against South Korea and played them very well, very closely, possibly could have won. And then you got a Chinese team that was dominant um, and looked very good, uh, filled with future Overwatch League talent because of how good they have looked. Uh, Joe, who who do you got in this one? Yeah, so the same thing, right? This is the the other match um, on that same left side of the bracket, but uh, the, yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it's um, it, it, it's a a very different competing uh, play styles, right? It's uh, so part of that will depend on how this uh, 1.29 patch with which none of them have uh, played on in group stage. Uh, we talked about that last week that it's actually the live patch, which is cool. Or at least the patch that's currently live, um, but, but but how that fits with some of the compositions they were running, you know, Finland doing lots of um, tank heavy stuff, especially. Um, <sighs> yeah, no, I, I would I would love to see China do well. Uh, I, I would love to see um, China coming out of this. Uh, so I guess that's uh, that'll be my pick. Okay, China. Um, I'm gonna shoot this one's this one's super tough too. Both these this side of the bracket so good. Um. Uh, both, I think Finland runs um, goats comp and and some very strong comps right now, and I think China has a pretty similar style with Gushue being their strongest player as a, as a main tank. Um, so it's it's going to be a battle of some tanky teams here. Uh, I, I think this is another three two, but I'm going to take Finland. I'm a, I'm opposing you on this one. Uh, I like I like Finland's talent. I like their experience and. Um, Last year, China looked like an insane dominant team in the group stages and then came to uh, BlizzCon and lost in the first round. I think the same thing happens once again. 3-2, uh, to two, Finland takes it. And then we got our last matchup, South Korea, Australia. There are a lot of people on, uh, on social media, Reddit, calling for the Australia win right here. Uh, it would be a monumental mountain to climb. And defeat that the it South would. Koreans as as Australia. Do you think they have a chance, Joe? I think they have a chance, but it's not likely. Uh, yeah, just we, we you know we could talk forever about just the 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 raw talent right in that South Korean roster, and um, we, we saw how deep it was in the uh, group stage, right, with their their roster. But you know, they're fielding like half their starters are different um, now for the. Uh, for the playoffs for the tournament, uh, but I think they're just gonna they're gonna do just as well. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it safe. I think for this pick, uh, call it for South Korea in the first round. Yeah, 
Um, I'm going to say Australia comes out. They come out strong. They take the first map. Everyone's hyped, but then South Korea easily takes the next three maps um, in, in classic South Korean fashion. I really like their their new roster compared to their old one, and I think be, honestly, once they once they put in Fleta, and um, who who else do I really like that they put in? Uh, Fury, I think. Yes, Fury, Fury. Once they put in Fury and Fleta, I I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a lot tougher for people now because they've actually got um, I think their best players in now, so. I say South Korea takes a three-one. We get a, we get a nice little Australia win, and everyone's like, "Could it happen?" But it's not going to. Um, so yeah, now let's let's just go through the rest of our brackets. I guess there's only one different pick. You chose China, I chose Finland. Um, let's start with this will this will be on Saturday. Um, and that that one's starting uh, early, right? Twelve thirty earlier than Friday. Twelve thirty yeah. Eastern time. Um, so let's just start. Whew, both very tough matchups. Let's start with your matchup of France versus uh, China. Who do you who do you think France would win China. that? Uh, I, I almost feel like I'd have to go back and watch uh, so, you know, some of the matches from the group stages. But yeah, France v. China. Um, and I think uh, this also doesn't really hardly count, but I almost uh, want to reserve judgment until I see China play. Yeah. Um, uh, to, in that in in the group stage, you know, if if they come out and it's um and, it, and it's pretty pretty um, successful over Finland, you know that um, that, that might give them an edge. Um, but if it's uh, it, you know if it's close, I might lean more towards France. I don't know. Um, yeah. So so if I had to pick, let's let's give yeah. it to France. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, France moved to the finals. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a that's an interesting matchup because it's like two teams that are built with future Overwatch League talent, season two Overwatch League talent. So that would be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, so I got France versus the old Finland. Um, a lot of people love like Finland a lot. I'm not as I'm not as hot on Finland as as most people are. Um, of course, I'm a huge I'm an Outlaws fan, so I love Linkser. Um, but overall, I think their team is is good, but I don't think it's as good as people are, are boasting. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go France on this one. I think, honestly, France is, is coming in here. The Paris team has just been announced. They they looked really good in their group stage. They're Honestly, they're underlooked. They're underdogs, and I believe they're going to come in here, and they're going to uh, surprise a lot of people. I think France takes the series 3-1, to one, and they go to the final. Um, they've got a lot to prove as a new Overwatch League Season 2 team, and people don't think they're going to be as good because they're nationally restricted. But um, I, I think that these these players are, are going to come out there and, and show their all. Um, we both have U.S. versus South Korea, the rematch from last year, the rematch from the year before, but this time it's in the semifinals instead of the quarterfinals, which is great for all of us because we one of these great teams are not getting eliminated immediately um do you think the united states has has a chance to take down the south koreans this year i def- i definitely do i think um the and part of that obviously is um from the differences uh between the group stage like i think um was it on the first group stage right and they were like yeah. several weeks before um Several weeks before the U.S. group stage, so they, they played on different patches and at different times. Um, but but yes, the U.S. was just was just dominant um, in the uh, the series that they did play. Um, 
over uh, who do they play? Canada? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. So it was U.S. and Canada. Um, um, yeah, coming out dominant um, in that series when uh, people expected it to be really close. Um, obviously, they've got. Uh, well, uh, when I think of Team USA, I think of that uh, Fusion University matching contenders finals because, of course, we've got Zachary on there. But I suppose they're not. Uh, they're not so directly connected because I think he's their sub. Scrolling down to yeah. rosters. Uh, yeah, he, did, yeah, he's. They did say that um, their coach is Arrow, right? Uh, yeah. They, yeah, Arrow for US. Yeah, he said that um, they're actually using a lot of Fusion University strategies um, and scrimming with they were scrimming with them during the group stage because of the connection with Zachary. So I think their play and, style and, and is, it worked really well for him. Yeah, yeah, I think their play style is very in vain of Fusion University. So um, yeah, so partly for that reason, um, yeah, I I feel comfortable uh, go ahead and giving the edge to the United States in that matchup. Oh wow! Uh, w- w- whether it happens or not, we'll see. But, uh, but it, I, I'm I'm comfortable enough to say that. <laughs> yeah, um, and this is if anyone's been watching uh, League of Legends Worlds, this is the this is the year of uh, of NA and EU finally jumping over that South Korea hoop. Um, <laughs> watch League of Legends Worlds; it's been insane. It's been crazy. Um, I don't know. I, this one's going to be close. It's going to be another 3-2. I really, really like South Korea's updated roster um, and their new players that they put in. If if South Korea had their, their roster from the group stages, I would totally easily take U.S. here, but I'm going to take South Korea 3-2. I, I can't hype myself up for some more disappointment like I do every year. I'm like, this is the year United States is going to win it. But uh, I mean, this is their best chance for sure. But South Korean, the South Korea Korean players have have gone better alongside them. Um, so I got France, South Korea in my finals. You got France, USA in your finals. Who do you think takes it all between France and USA, Joe? Uh, yeah. And then from there, I think it it gets a little bit easier to yeah. that uh, that I would go ahead and give it to the United States. Um, go ahead and. Uh, it's coming home, you know, as they say, except it's actually just going to stay in California. Uh, that's going to be my call. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think whoever wins the U S South Korea game is going to win it all. I think, um, those are the better teams, even though I have France, France making an amazing streaky victory, lots of hype behind those guys. Uh, but yeah, I think South Korea takes it as well. And it's, it's not going to be as good as the semifinal match between U.S. South Korea. I honestly think that should be the final, in my opinion. Um, so I got South Korea. You got U.S. We'll see who wins that game, um, because I think we both think that the winner in that game is going to be the champion. Um, yeah. So that's that's a nice little preview. It was nice talking about matches again, Joe. We haven't had matches in a very long time. It's true. Uh, but what else happens at BlizzCon? We don't only get to see some some overwatch esports but we get to see some announcements for overwatch we get a new hero we usually get a new map but we're not going to get a new map this time um and it seems like there's definitely going to be uh another announcement in place of that map um there was there was a supposed leak uh this week i'm not sure if i buy it but joe you got to pull it up on your computer because it's not loading up mine you want to go through what the leak says yeah i think um I think they got it from 4chan. I don't have it. It's not on 4chan right here, but um, yeah, somebody decided they were going to leak um, all the Blizzard's announcements from BlizzCon. 
Uh, this is posted three or four days ago. You can probably go back and look at it if you want. But uh, the Overwatch one is what we're interested in. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously every year they've released um, uh, a, a hero cinematic a trailer. I think last year was Reinhardt around this time. Maybe. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and so, so this uh, this particular leak says, well, this one's going to involve uh, McCree, Reaper, Sombra, and um, the new hero, uh, who which this leaker says is going to be called Nemesis, uh, which is super edgy sounding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a new, uh, you know, supposedly uh, Blackwatch type of uh, type of cinematic trailer so that'd be cool uh, if that comes out uh, but yes so new hero again last year it was moira uh, since then we've also gotten brig and wrecking ball but now um this uh this leaker declares well the next hero hero 29 is going to be called nemesis uh looks like a, a dps type hero uh, they describe him as a, a cyborg with a railgun abilities high jumps electric nets regeneration call down nuke presumably that's the uh, alts, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's what they're describing as Hero Twenty Nine. Uh, they says there's also going to be the announcement of some more Blizzard World skins because again, last year BlizzCon they announced Blizzard World as a map, and then also uh, came out with a bunch of Blizzard IP related skins uh, like Immortal Orisa for StarCraft. Uh, there was a Torbjorn Dwarf one. I can't think of all the others, but. There were several they have, uh, well, they say, well, they're going to add to that list here, including uh, Zenyatta Monk, Mercy Spirit Healer, Genji Blademaster, Sorceress Symmetra, Fallen Junkrat, Kerrigan Diva, and Winston Primal Zerg, which I only know what some of those things are, because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't play uh, very many Blizzard IPs other than Overwatch. Yeah, but, I mean, some of them are just like very generic World of Warcrafty sounding terms, just like a sorcerer. Like a blade, uh, what a blade master could be. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, notably, notably on there is uh, the Kerrigan Diva. Obviously, we did get Kerrigan Widowmaker. Um, I don't know when that was, but in the last year, they gave it out for free, I think, yeah. or something. Um, so that's uh, that's speculation. You know, that's um, that would that would that be realistic? Who knows? We'll have to find out. Yeah. Um, and then the final bullet point here for Overwatch says. Um, Story game mode announcement and details. PvE missions that are not tied to seasonal events, um, unlocked with credits or in new loot boxes. Um, and so the, the the comma position was interesting here, and people were trying to decide if that meant that uh, non-event PvE missions would be unlocked with credits or in new loot boxes, or that there would be the announcement of PvE missions that are non-event and not unlocked with credits and not in new loot boxes. Uh, it makes more sense probably to do the latter, I would think. Uh, yeah. But so those are the those are the bullets that uh, this anonymous leaker has decided to put out. And like you said, there's uh, several for all of the Blizzard games. Um, but yeah, so I guess so what do we think about those kind of things? <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, let's start with the hero. Um, I do think it's going to be a DPS hero. Is it going to be exactly what they described here? I don't know. I think there was a leak around BlizzCon last year that was wrong, similar to this. Um, 
I don't know if I don't know if all this is right. I think he's I think whoever posted this is like he's he's right in the money. I think there will be Blizzard World skins. I don't know if those are specific. I don't know why they would make a Kerrigan Diva once again, uh, another Kerrigan skin in this game. Um, animated short McCree makes sense. There hasn't been a McCree one yet. Uh, it would be cool. Um, all, all of this, all of this makes sense. Is it on the money? Not sure. Um, I, we do need a railgun hero. We, there's no railgun gun in the game. Um, I, as far as heroes, what I really wanted was uh, another another hit scan hero. We haven't gotten a hit scan hero in a while. The two DPS heroes since release, Doomfist and Sombra, are both um, they're both more ability based heroes, and I want I want a hero that is is based mainly off of its its uh, primary fire uh, if this railgun hero could be that it it definitely sounds like it its focus mains focus is on its primary fire and its gun uh, which is something I, I think the game needs right now there's a lot of ability based heroes which are fun lots of fun to watch Genji doomfist all these um, but it is also fun to watch someone go off on McCree on widow on soldier. Uh, I would love some more skill-based primary fire heroes. So um, if this if Nemesis is it, then I will take it. Honestly, uh, just just give me something like that. Uh, how about you, Joe? What are you looking for in a hero? Yeah, it's uh, you know I'd agree we're probably uh, probably due for DPS uh, based on the way some of the heroes have come out recently. Um, yeah, I kind of wish. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, if um, indeed Nemesis is the one we're getting, uh, that we get a little bit more uh, refinement on these abilities. Uh, you know, because right now it just sounds like um, uh, Genji with the double jump, um, and Torb with the area denial, and Mercy with the health regen, oh, and Diva with the and Diva with the nuke. Um, you know, so hopefully those uh, those are uh, some some uh, more nuances that we don't know about yet. If those indeed are the abilities, um, but yeah, it looks like uh, you know another fairly mobile, uh, fairly sustainable DPS. Uh, you know, we've got lots of those already, but uh, but that is the way that um, you know that most Overwatch is played right now. You know, um, to be able to have uh, lots of those abilities all uh, thrown together in one. You know, we play um, break as you know a combination of like all three roles practically. Um, and being able to have more versatile uh, characters rather than like soldier who's there to you know soldier is there to hold left click uh, well not don't hold left click anymore but <laughs> uh, but yeah yes yeah, so heroes uh, to be able to fill fill roles and do things um, in lots of different situations uh, that's uh, seems like sort of the direction we're going so this makes sense with that um, like I said, super edgy name. Uh, hopefully, there'll be some lore connection. Maybe um, people are speculating. Perhaps he's a member of the Deadlock Gang. Uh, like we mentioned last week, there was that change to the uh, Route 66 payload. I think well, maybe that'll be involved in the cinematic somehow uh, with McCree and Nemesis. So we'll have to see. Um, and then, of course, you know, Hero 29 could just be something completely different. Yeah, could be like um, Hammond et. You know, we never know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, do not know? We haven't gotten a out of the new heroes really since the game got out came out. We haven't gotten a uh, DPS that's a good guy. Uh, we got Doomfist and Sombra. Uh, I would like that's a true. good guy. I would like a a, a good guy, Greg. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, as far as like story mode rumors go, that makes sense. I feel like they're gonna announce something related to 
Based off what Jeff was hinting at, and I'm not announcing a map anymore, there's got to be something else besides a hero, obviously. If it's a story mode, like, that's believable. They've been talking about story mode for a while, but uh, would I enjoy story mode? No, I would like to focus on the uh, competitive aspect of the game. (laughs) But I'm sure tons of, I mean, it'll get a lot of people playing Overwatch again. um, Because a lot of... A lot of the audience and player base is not like me. They're very they like they like stuff like this. So, and then uh, I forget if it was must have been like a September developer update or something. Not the most recent one, the one before that that they talked about that they had to delay um, some of the social features they were planning to because they were working on something else. Um, you know, so uh, th- th- so that does make sense. You know, th- there's something else big that they're uh, working on developing. Yeah, I've also heard some people talk about maybe they're uh, gonna go free to play. Maybe that's the announcement, um, which would be interesting. They always talked about how they want all the heroes unlocked from the get go, um, but going free to play is something a lot of people have talked about that would give them a much larger here or player base for sure. So uh, we'll see if they do that. Um, what else was there? New skins? Uh, not much to talk about here because we don't. We just get descriptions of them. But yeah, I think we'll get new, skins are cool. Yeah, I think we'll get new. If it's not Blizzard World themed skins, we'll get new skins that are added to that are non-event skins uh, for sure. I think they want to do that every year. Um, but yeah, anything else? Any 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 crazy predictions from you, Joe, on what's going to happen at BlizzCon? Um, I suppose the other uh, the other prediction people have been making. Um, uh, I don't know if you've seen this YouTube video, but apparently somebody was like data mining on a recent patch um, and found uh, more of a series of voice lines. There had there already had been some already that weren't used, uh, but more of a series of voice lines for new heroes about um, uh, the destruction of the objective um, to to you know. So call out, see, you know, the, the objective is being destroyed or come, come take care of this with me or whatever. Um, you know, the call outs like you get, and so people are saying, well, you know, maybe there'll be a new, uh, a new game mode, um, whether it's, whether it's an arcade, arcade type thing, um, you know, like CTF where they make new maps for it and whatever, or if, um, it comes out to be a whole thing, um, you, you know, add to the escort and hybrid and, uh, and payload type maps, uh, to, to include some sort of destruction objective, uh, but who knows? You know, that's uh, uh, like they were saying on that announcement. They said, you know, there there been some of those voice lines in the game already uh, that there were just more added, um, and you know, in theory, that would take a pretty long time to develop because you need several maps in rotation. Yeah. Like Overwatch has four or five for each um, each regular game mode. So yeah, anyway. I, don't know. I don't know if they're gonna add another game mode or not. Um, it'd be cool if they did. But uh, yeah. there are lots of maps already, lots of game modes. So we'll see what happens. There, people, there, there's a there's a crowd of people room for game modes since this game came out. Honestly, <laughs> they, these people love the game modes. Um, besides that, season thirteen starts today. What time, Joe? Uh, I don't know. Probably evening. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to do placements again. <clears throat> and uh hopefully hopefully do better this season um what else i guess it's time to get on to the news um which i didn't sound too excited when i was saying that because there's a lot <laughs> of controversy this week and i don't like controversy too much 
Um, but we've we've got we're gonna start out. I'm leading off with 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 the contenders announcements that everyone's up in arms about and less up in arms about now. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, I guess to tell the whole story, it started with uh, people leaking this news uh, via because one of the one of the who, someone in the meeting um, where they were talking about these changes recorded that meeting. Uh, and had leaked it to some some news people, and those people had uh, tweeted about it. And um, I think Real Leak Boy was the first one to tweet about it. Um, so an anonymous person. Um, and there are a bunch of changes that a lot of people were very up in arms about. Um, and looking back at it, I, I don't see see exactly why. Um, uh, basically calling Overwatch Esports dead. Um, and uh, I think the biggest change, I guess we'll just, I'll run through the changes. Basically, they're changing it from 12 to 8 teams per region. Um, they're splitting North America into two different regions. So North America East and North America West. Um, so they th- these announcements are mainly for the 2019 season, I should mention. Even though there is still one more season in 2018. Um 2019 season one uh they they say that all the academy teams so the academy teams are of course overwatch leagues lower lower tier teams in the in the tier two scene uh, they automatically get a spot for the 2019 season one uh but all those teams and demogorgs last night leftovers uh the the uh the seattle team that is no longer seattle, sky foxes sky foxes um, all those teams, they will not get a guaranteed invite, and they must battle their way into Contenders 2019 once again. Something that a lot of people liked, soft region locking was announced, which means um, you have to have three, or there's a max of three non-residents per roster. Um, so, of course, if you're in uh, Contenders Korea, you can only have three non-Koreans on your roster. Uh, which is nice. Uh, a lot of people like that, and I think it's I think it's fitting. I, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how we don't like region locking, but I think it's fitting for contenders because you want to keep talent um, in the places they're from, so people can easily Overwatch League teams can easily say, "I want some Korean talent. Let's look at the contenders Korea teams," and um, you won't find these Korean players on North American teams and all that stuff. Um, so there's going to be longer seasons, which is something both me and you like, Joe, because we, we are, we don't like the three per year model. We two per year. That's better. I like that. Yeah. Um, and they're going to continue to evaluate opportunities for cross region play at live events, which is something everybody wants. They, everybody wants to see the North American contenders champion play the European and so on. Um, so I think, I think these changes are are pretty um pretty welcome. Um, there was something about I think the people are people are more upset. They they think North America and um, Europe and um, North America and I think China they like they like the changes to these two. I think everyone likes splitting East and West. Um, but I think everyone agrees that it's that it's not benefiting Korea too much because they just get less teams and less talent um, spread ar- across the world as well because um, you can't have too many Koreans on these other teams. 
so down from down from 12 to 8 is, is not too good for Korean contenders, which is, in probably everybody's opinion, the best contenders region. Um, so the less focus on Korean contenders, the more upset uh, everyone around the world is. Uh, Joe, what do you? What's your favorite um, change here, and uh, do do you, do you like the changes in general? Um, yeah. So I mean, people have been talking about you know, oh, this change, um, you know, reducing the teams that'll reduce the amount of uh, slots there are for contenders players, uh, which is true. Um, but the other effect that that has is that. Uh, there will also be more. Um, the 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 contenders talent in theory will will be more concentrated, um, so that in order to raise the level of competition a bit, which is nice. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, I think it might have been like sideshow or something even who um, had pointed out that this uh, region locking, which in theory would also apply to um, the owl academy teams, um, would. Um, in effect, be a slight benefit to uh, Seoul's farm team, uh, which do they even have a farm team? Uh, an academy team? I think they did. I can't remember. Uh, or maybe they will in the future. I don't know. I'll look it up. Uh, we'll talk. Anyway, but yeah, like I said, I think it was Sideshow who was saying that you know that because um, if this if the Seoul Academy team can only have mostly Korean players, um, you know, in theory, that that means that they would. Um, then be able to um, uh, have you know uh, first exclusive rights to lots of those Korean players also uh, pulling them to their team, uh, which again th- that's that sort of brings the argument of well if they're not Korean they can't be good at Overwatch which uh, I don't think either of us really buy uh, <laughs> at least exclusively but um, but yeah that's uh, so so that's that's cool right because they're trying to encourage. Um, they are trying to encourage pulling talent from lots of different places. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, so uh, the, the other the other interesting note I pull out of this is uh, to have that the academy teams are all invited um, automatically to Contender Season One 2019, right? And so I think it was Elk uh, who said on Twitter, uh, <laughs> we. Uh, we, we get an MMR reset in contenders after like four seasons, but we haven't had one after twelve in the actual game. <laughs> yeah. You know, because because that's the the effect that that has essentially is is to reset the amount of teams, um, to, to reset the teams you know that have been either qualifying for contender contenders a lot, um, or haven't been able to yet, um, to sort to sort of reset that because what it's like that if you win contenders, then like you automatically get a slot in the next season or something. Yeah. Um, to to give to take away that advantage um, and sort of reset it for the 2019 uh, seasons. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, how this playoffs could, or how this plays out. Because hopefully, what um, obviously money is the issue there too. And so hopefully, what this doesn't mean is that uh, that Blizzard will be taking money out of contenders. But hopefully, what that does mean is that the money that they do put into contenders will be more focused into. Um, a smaller spectrum, uh, a small, well, it's a smaller organization now, you know, with only 64 teams. Yeah. Um, and hopefully being able to increase um, you know, things like advertising, things like production value to an extent. Um, it maybe gets, um, get some more uh, viewers out of contenders, right? Because contenders is, is very little watched, oh, yeah. um, especially compared to Overwatch League. 
So, yeah, so hopefully being able to focus that down, hopefully we'll uh, get some, uh, you know, viewer involvement numbers up um, and more interest in uh, like tier two, which uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure is what they want overall. Definitely. Um, I think most of the people complaining about these changes can't, don't really have any right to complain because they don't watch contenders and support it. Um, so it, it seems like these changes are made because not only because Blizzard's not making money off of this, but, um, I'm, I'm glad they're still keeping it around. Honestly. Um, it's, it's super nice to have a tier two scene in overwatch. Um, and to have, to have contenders is, is nice in general, despite the fact that it gets like 5,000 concurrent viewers at a time. It's, um, it's very nice to have. So I think the re to to go in more about the reset, um, it, they definitely want to focus. I think the the best way to keep the players and contenders happy because I think most of the complaints uh, from contenders players have been from endemic organizations and not the academy teams. I think they want almost every Overwatch League team to have an academy team as soon as possible because that is the way. Um, that they're going to keep contenders players happy, but also paid and, and safe because you got, I mean, let's just talk about, I guess I'll do the Philadelphia fusion of fusion university for an example. Philadelphia fusion has the right to those fusion university players. They're not going to treat them like absolute crap. They're not going to like, they're not going to drive these players away because they're their future talent. Um, and these are, I would rather, instead of having, I know everyone loves endemic orgs, everyone wants everyone to be supported, but I would much rather have the players be supported by someone like Philadelphia Fusion and Comcast, who has tons of money, than, than an endemic organization that is purely playing off of skill and talent and is trying to earn every dollar it can. Um, it's, it's much better if these players are being supported. Uh, by an infrastructure and and the pro teams that want to eventually use these these p- talented players in the Overwatch League on their team, so they're not going to treat them terribly. They're going to give them a place to live, and they're uh, going to pay them well as well as well. So, um, anything else to talk about with contenders, Joe? Uh, I don't think so. No. <laughs> okay, um, let's get into some player signings. This was the big big rumor. Decay and Roar going to Gladiators, and Gladiators officially announced it with a very cheeky, funny video with Puckett and Bishu involved, um, <laughs> where they made a slight nod to Fissure as the old model. Um, it, it was GameStop, so uh, lots lots of people were saying, you know, well, uh, they should have, you know, put in a jab that like Puckett's like, well, I can give you two fifty for it because <laughs> <laughs> they're trading him in. Yeah, and GameStop uh, will give you two dollars and fifty cents for an Xbox if you trade it in for sure. Um, so, Decay Roar, uh, what do you think about these signings, Joe? I think it's good. I mean, um, particularly Roar. Uh, obviously, um, before uh, before his signing, uh, the Gladiators didn't have a signed main tank. Uh, they do have Bishu and Void uh, sitting in a sort of flex role. Uh, but yeah, so. So that's a good addition. Um, you know, obviously, um, 
Uh, we really talented main tank. He's got really big shoes to fill, um, but hopefully this season will be good to, for developing. Um, and same thing, Hydration and Surefor on uh, DPS now added um, uh, added to it from Decay, uh, former teammate uh, from Kangdu Panthera of Roars. Um, maybe, yeah, so another great thing, right, to have um, three really good DPS players um, available. Um, so, so I guess the question that we can start asking ourselves is, are they done? Uh, Gliders now, now have eight signed. Um, Roar, Bishu, Void, Hydration, Decay, Surefor, and Big Goose, and Shaz. Um, and so I, I think they, they could be very, very easily um, done with that. You know, the three tanks, two supports, three DPS. Um, to, to have to have two on the bench and rotate through those, I, I think I think that's reasonable. Um, if that's the plan that they're going to take, um, obviously, I think they every team has to have eight signed by like December first. I think so. They do have their eight players. Uh, we'll have to see if they get more or not. But I think um, th this could be a, a really solid roster. Yeah, uh, I think Gladiators. This is I think Decay and Roar were top two of the top uh, free agents that everyone wanted to sign for contenders. And Gladiators got him, which is fantastic, and they, especially Roar. Um, Roar is uh, he's a great main tank, and they they needed someone to replace Fissure, and I think they've got a good player to replace him with. Um, and Decay, they're gonna have a nice little DPS trio going on over there. Um, and they're honestly all three of their DPS players are perfect for different situations. So um, they don't they don't have any overlap on these three and. I think that's a really good rotation for them. And we, the Gladiators love to rotate last year, too. So uh, they're just going to continue with that strategy, strategy, I guess. And I think I think Decay and Roar are perfect free agent pickups for, for the Gladiators. And I, think, uh, I don't think they're going to go anymore, honestly. I think this is a solid team. Um, the Toronto Defiant, of course, we rated uh, their branding last week. We haven't gotten any more branding uh since then which i'm very upset about um so i i, I would question if we could get a schedule blizzcon which is sad um they announced six of their eight players they have more coming uh, they announced it in twos throughout the weekend and beginning of the week uh the the first duo is uh envy and neko um which are previous of course on previous overwatch League teams you got Neko on Boston Uprising, which we will, of course, talk about later. The old Boston Uprising, um, and then you uh, have Envy, who was on the Los Angeles Los Angeles Valiant. Uh, next, they announced uh, Ivy and Stellar, both O uh, two players, Korea contenders, and then they're both DPS DPS duo. You love to see uh, that that synergy coming together. Uh, then you got Yakpung and Aid. Yakpung is also O2. And then Aid was GGEA, um, which is the Outlaws, the the Outlaws team in North American Contenders. Uh, so, so far, what do you think of this team, Joe? Um, yes, yeah, so my initial uh, response was some of these signings, uh, particularly from Contenders, uh, I think we uh, mentioned before that I don't... Uh, uh, I haven't followed contenders super well uh, so far in my competitive Overwatch career. Um, obviously, Envy and Neko I know I'm familiar with. Uh, the rest of these guys, obviously, um, 
coming from really solid teams um they've got some um uh what cohesion maybe zorda looking for um she's coming in to keep them together um notably this is um an all-korean roster at least for now uh you know that might change they do have to add uh at least two more players before december 1st um but yeah it'll be cool um you know as we're adding i already forget the number eight teams yeah we're we're adding eight new teams this season Mm -hmm. um and so to be able to um to, to, to be able to, to learn and uh, develop all of these um, new uh, fan favorites, which you know they will be, uh, will be a really cool uh, storyline to watch as we go through the season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there's a big Toronto Defiant following already. Um, especially, I think Toronto is the closest team to us. Possibly. I don't know. Um, I don't know who to root for. <laughs> uh, but basically, yeah, I like this roster. Um, O2, they weren't good. They weren't as good contender season two, but, uh, season one, they got second, I believe. So, um, that, that's a talented roster. They're getting some good players and, uh, they got a good coach in Bishop. I, I believe I've, I've been a big fan of Bishop and, uh, getting Neko and Envy is good, good as well. You got some, some Overwatch League talent there. I believe the other rumor is Asher is one of these players, which is, uh, of course he was former gladiators. So getting some more Overwatch League talent on there is good um what do we have next the full the full atlanta rain they took a completely different route than uh the toronto team and they just they just released everybody at once in a nice little youtube video this is a very um very diverse team lots of different nationalities on this team um i think they're going the philadelphia fusion route dude uh yeah, big at the end, of course, you you had that big Defran reveal. Besides Defran, you got Est- Erster, you got Nalair, I don't know how to say his name. You got Daco, Gator, Pokebo, Kodak, and Massa. Um, three Koreans, you got a Finn, you got German, you got an American, you got a Russian, and then um, good old Defran. Where's Defran from again? Denmark. Denmark, yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think about this roster and the reveal, too? <laughs> yeah the video was cool they had a um so a, a highlight reel of everybody coming in um uh obviously uh, probably the people you're most familiar with uh coming into this roster just just blank would be different um and kodak if you watch uh the overwatch world cup he played on team germany germany yeah that sounds right um we had that uh Kodak Zen highlight. If you watch that, uh, but uh, yeah, no, this will be a this will be a cool roster. They've got eight. Uh, they might just stay with eight, um, with three tanks, uh, three DPS, two supports. Uh, be, so again, sort of the similar, sort of the same uh, thing though. Lots of contenders talent, uh, lots of um, names that I'm not familiar with, um, but hope to be really familiar with. Um, you know, as as we get closer into the season, uh, but Popco, of course, to be. Um, to be distinguished from Poco, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, you got some elemental mystic players on there. Um, yeah, these bunch of contenders talents. Uh, it should be interesting to see how they compete. You got no Overwatch League previous talents on this team, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how these players compete. 
uh, with with other players. I should I, I should be able to talk more about how I think they're going to do when me and Joe preview the season, a big season preview. Um, but yeah, as far as DeFran goes, I'm interested to see him back in the scene. He was very dominant on selfless. Uh, it should take him a while to get back into the competitive aspect of the game, but I think we should uh, we should see him come in pretty pretty early into the season, and uh, everyone's gonna love it. All right, next NYXL signs Flower. I found out that he changed his name back to Flower in this tweet. <laughs> this is the uh, the the DPS formerly known as Nanohana. Yeah. <laughs> Flower to Nanohana, back to Flower, and I'm sure Nanohana is gonna come back maybe when he uh, when when he's forced to take the number out of his name. Who knows? Um, I think everyone expected this one. I mean, it's gonna be a good signing. Um, he hasn't been doing well in contenders, but we'll we'll see if he can return to former glory. Do you have anything to say about this, Joe? Besides under I mean, the yeah, returning to former glory under the tutelage of. Uh, Big Boss Pine and all of them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like there's not much uh, New York could have done to improve their roster of eight, probably other than adding uh, adding Flower. You know, obviously really known from uh, World Cup last year. Um, but yeah, so uh, Pine, Libero, Sabiobi, and Flower now all sort of sitting in a, a DPS type position. Um, but yeah, so to see uh, how they incorporate him in, again, really solid roster that they've got built up already uh, will be cool to see as we get into Season 2. Yeah, I think I think the biggest part of this news, even though we basically like already knew this was going to happen for sure, uh, is that they have tons of DPS players on their team, and I don't know if they're going to try to get rid of one of them or what. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, next piece of news, Boston staying on the East coast over here. They signed color hex and, uh, Axiom. Uh, I think everyone was expecting color hex after they signed him to Toronto esports as well as Axiom, who's also on Toronto esports, uh, a lot, a lot earlier since contender season one. Um, but, but color hex was just recently signed to Toronto esports. So, uh, that, that happened pretty quickly. He didn't even get to play a, t- a game with Toronto Esports uh, before being signed with, with the old uh, Boston Uprising. <laughs> um, to go around, this is to go all, along with Blase, who uh, got signed uh, a week before this by the Boston Uprising. Those are their signings so far. Uh, Joe, what do you think about Axiom and Color Hacks? Uh, that'll be great. Yeah, I mean, they, we've talked about, uh, or what we, we've kind of talked about. Um, uh, Boston and their DPS, right? We had uh, uh, Striker and Mistakes before that, Striker and Dream Casper, um, and then just Striker. Um, so yeah, to be able to fill in uh, two extra DPS now, uh, both of them are going to be really well. I feel like, uh, for some reason, I'm connecting Color Hex with British Hurricane. Did you play for them for a while? Since he came from Sydney Drop Bears most recently, but... Uh... Um... No, I don't see him on British Hurricane at all. Okay, I don't know. Um, but at any rate, yeah, so t- to have, uh, like we said, they're up to nine players, and I think, uh, again, are they done? They could they could reasonably stop now. Uh, no to Axiom and Gamsu on a, a tank position. Uh, Blase, Color Hex, and Striker for DPS, and Aim God Neko and Kellex, uh for support. I think that's uh, that's pretty solid. Or wait, Neko. Neko's, no, Neko's on Toronto. Okay, they didn't update this list properly. Uh, so yeah, so they still got eight players then. Uh, 
but yeah, so maybe 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 they find another support player. Uh, obviously, Amy didn't get didn't see much uh, play in season one, uh, so maybe, maybe they'll be bumped up. Uh, you know who knows, but uh, but yeah, these are definitely good additions uh, for the Boston squad. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Boston, I think we'll we'll go we'll skip to the bottom here and we'll switch them because I like I like this transition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Boston. Lots of news came out about them recently, um, which which makes me a little more sad for these new signings, knowing that they might be going into a little bit of a toxic environment. Um, but if you if you have if you haven't heard yet, I think Boston's been one of the most um, drama filled team so far um, with Dream Casper and now. Now this, I mean, there were rumors of this at the beginning of the season um, or middle season by Slasher tweeting it out about this. Nobody believed him at the time. And uh, now we got a full out article by Yiska and Benchmob that came out um, uh, over VP Esports, basically just going into depth from a secret source about how um, Huck, the the of course, the, the general manager slash maybe even like a coach, um, based off this article of the Boston Uprising apparently being very aggressive towards the players. Uh, it was terrible, terrible to 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 read. Um, basically, lots of lots of uh, players crying, lots of players um, being very upset. It basically, basically starts from the the treatment of sort of or the the, the how they dealt with having Korean players and um, players who spoke English on the team and um, their translators and um, basically almost according to um, according to somebody God one of their players that used to be on the team I cannot remember was on stream was it Kalios it was Kalios Kalios went on stream and I think Kalios was um, probably one of the best sources on this. Uh, basically, I think I think Kalios has probably the most accurate information between this article, and then Huck also wrote a response. I believe I believe Kalios is the most because I think this article is very biased against Boston, and I think Huck was very biased for himself, obviously. Um, um, whereas Kalios took a very middle route. And I usually think things are in the middle, um, where he, he it basically seemed like he was he was telling the truth. He did say that he cried in front of the team when um, when he was kicked because he got kicked from spectating one time um, by Huck because Huck wanted to watch the team, so Kalios could not watch the team, and Kalios asked Huck if he if he could get in there and watch, and Huck said no, and um, he he got very sad about it. Um, Kalios also told us that that um, that the translator they did have a translator. So the the article originally said that they ne- didn't have a translator until late in the season. Huck said they did have a translator the entire season, and Kalios gave us the nice little middle approach, saying they did have a translator at the beginning of the season, but that translator didn't know Korean that well. <laughs> Um, which is unfortunate for a translator. <laughs> um, so Gamsu, in the article said that Gamsu had to translate a bunch. That was apparently true. 
Um, and especially when the translator like left halfway through and they hadn't hired a new translator yet, Gamsu not only had to learn how to play Overwatch, but he also had to translate for everybody, um, which is not something you want from one of your players. You don't want to make your player do that. Um, the other, the last thing was that uh, he didn't uh, mistakes didn't get his flight paid for when he wanted to leave the team. Um, and Huck gave us that information that, that it was not Boston's choice to drop mistakes. It was mistakes himself who decided that he no longer wanted to be a part of the team. Um, and the rumor was that he didn't get his flight flight paid for back to Russia. Uh, Huck came out, said that was, that was uh, not true. I don't know if Kalios had any information on that because he wasn't involved. Um, but that's still up in the air. A lot of people, I think Michael came out and he had leaks apparently that said that his that his flight was paid for. So that part of the article wasn't true. Um, basically, lots of like journalism issues this week and lots of journalism debate. Um, Pretty much. I think the I think we'll talk more about. We, our second topic is about the leak wars. I think we'll talk more about journalism with that one, and I'll mention this article again. I think the biggest thing here that we need to talk about is the old players' union, Joe. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, <laughs> or at least we did last week. Yeah. Um, you see this stuff, you, you immediately think there needs to be a players' union. These people are not being treated well. Um Joe, what do you what do you think? I mean, do you think the players are gonna be able to? Is it time for for the Overwatch League to like see this information and jump in themselves and start a players' union for the players? Because it it seems like the players are not motivated enough to do it. Yeah, and you know that um, th- that might be part of it. You know, I, I can't imagine um, you know that we there's much of a situation where you end up. Um, uh, you, you know, lacking motivation to work in your own self-interest, um, but yeah, at the same time, there are uh, there, there's the question. You know, is um, the, is this happening, or why isn't it? Um, we still haven't. Uh, I think it's still true that we we still haven't seen anybody's contract. Um, you, you know, I assume they're not uh, restricted from collective bargaining. I, that's probably illegal or something. I don't know, but. Uh, I bet I don't know what I'm talking about, so don't quote me on that. But <laughs> the point is um, that, yeah, that's. I, I would imagine that that would be something um, the, they, that they should be working on, like right now, um, if they are, or at least definitely getting started. Because, um, yeah, you're right. The, the, those are the kinds of issues uh, that you talked about from Boston uh, that definitely would have been uh, or, or would be able to be addressed by a players' union. Um, you know, to be able to make sure that, um, you know, for example, the, the um, players who speak different languages, you know, that, that there are um, effective communication, um, you know, within the whole team. Like, that's that's important to be a team, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and stuff like that. You know, those are those are the types of things that would be able to be secured for the players um, more readily than they are right now. Um yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So same thing. Like we said last week, you know, that now is the time if they're going to do that to go ahead and jump on, uh, jump on into it. You know. So we'll have to maybe we'll get some, um, you know, developments on that here in the next couple of weeks. I don't know. Yeah, that was something I forgot to mention too uh, from the article was 
apparently the uprising are not being paid well. Their players were not paid well whatsoever. And that is something a player's union would completely fix because with a player's union comes uh, the ability for the players uh, to make it so all the contracts are public, all the numbers on how much each player is being paid is public, um, and that that gets their bargaining um, skills way up because they know these players are being paid this much. Why are you offering me this low of a contract? Um, so I think a players' union is. I think it's. I think it would work super well. Honestly, I would rather the players start it, but these people are. They're so young and they don't know how to do it. Um, it's just going to be tough for them to figure things out. And esports is so young, and it's so tough to find someone to to like look over the entire project of a players union. Honestly, um, so it's going to be hard. Um, and I hope Nate Nancer encourages it. And if he doesn't start it himself, to at least to give the players more information on how to do so. Um, or more contacts on how to do so as well. Uh, because I, I don't want to see things like this. I don't want to see players being mistreated or underpaid or anything like that. I don't think any of us want to see it uh, because the players are they're all we got. Um, miraculously, Uprising, we're still able to do super well last season despite all these issues, though, which is <laughs> probably a, a reason why Huck continued to treat them this way. Um Leak Wars. Uh, you got the old Leak Wars started by Halo of Thoughts, uh, a journalist in the scene, just wrote this entire article basically revealing how Michael, um, of course, our, our, our leak boy, has been getting his information, which is apparently a spreadsheet shared throughout the entirety of the league um, that has all the players that these people are trialing and um, all, all the signings and all that stuff. And that's how Michael has been getting his information. And Michael denied it completely, which I think was stupid because I think it's clear that this is how he's been getting his information. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, what do you think? A lot of people have been calling this a hit piece and they've been calling it petty. What do you think about Halo writing this? Um, yeah, on the one hand, you know, it, it's good for us to know um, that, or, you know, to know um, how all this is happening, you know, that there is value to that. Um, whether it was necessary is another question, but, but it, it does give value to the public, uh, to people like us, right, That um, that's, you know, somewhere floating around the internet. Apparently, there's a spreadsheet of all of the teams so that they know what's going on with each other. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, whether um, so, like whether uh, this reveal was necessary, you know, that's that's a different question. I don't know, um, and part of it depends. I would think on um, what's um, so partly like like what did Halo have to gain, right, um, from making this? And the answer is not much, other than <laughs> you know telling people oh well michael is stupid uh or, or he's he's misleading you which uh again might be true but you know who knows um that at least in my opinion it's mostly his prerogative if he wants to not um talk about you know his access to that spreadsheet i mean because uh for all we know he's not supposed to have access to it clearly um clearly that's public clearly yeah, that's public knowledge now but um yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's it's weird. <laughs> this, yeah, the whole situation know. is just weird. I don't know. Leak, 
or Halo. I, I mean, I'd like that he wrote it because we now we all all this article did was let us know that Michael has a uh, good source. <laughs> he yeah. has a legitimate source of, for his information. Um, I, I as a, I, a journalist minor over here, I went to school for journalism. And uh, while Michael's like videos and uh, and stuff like that have not been as journalistic, I think his tweets are fine. I think him tweeting those rumors out have been journalistic as they can be. I think his videos are longer than they should need to be. They're very sens- sensationalized. Um, I don't like his video style of, of reporting rumors whatsoever, but I like his tweets. His tweets are fine. Um, and he has been monetizing monetizing his his videos and his weird leaks and i i don't like that but his tweets are all good michael's been fine has been fine he's been giving us good information he got access to something he's just using that to uh inform the public which is what journalism is so uh i do question why this spreadsheet exists because if the teams made it specifically because if I were a team, I wouldn't really want to be sharing my strategies or my roster with everybody. Um, and, and they uh, mentioned in, the, in one of these articles about this, there's been several, but uh, that, like, for example, the Vancouver team has nothing listed still. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, yeah, I guess it, it could be their choice. But Yeah, if I were a team, I would be, I would list that once, once everybody else knew. I, I would put that on there maybe, but while I'm trialing people or while I'm figuring out my roster, I'm not giving people names. Um, I'm keeping that to myself. So uh, very interesting that this spreadsheet exists to me, honestly. Um, it sounds like it'd be funny if Vancouver was the team who made this spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. like, to just sort of snuck it in there. Just yeah. like Everyone put in their uh, players that they're trialing in here. We will too, cool. I swear. <laughs> When you're doing a group project, but you let everyone else do all the work. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, journalism issues. I mean, everyone's like debating this. I think Halo of Thoughts article was less journalistic than most of the things Michael has tweeted, honestly. Um, it was just like a hit piece for no reason almost. He had like no, the only evidence he had was like evidence that supported Michael. So it was a very weird weird piece i think halo is just a little maybe jealous that michael had access to that spreadsheet and he didn't um i mean i would be too honestly if i were a reputable journalist in the overwatch scene and then all of a sudden this content creator came out of nowhere and had all this information because he was friends with with players in the league um and he was like monetizing weird videos about it where he like sensationalized it i would be upset too um I would be. I don't blame Halo for being upset, but I I definitely wouldn't write this because that just makes you look worse. Um, and as far as the journalism goes on the VP esports th- front, um, the one thing I didn't like about it is I don't think it was as accurate. The Boston Uprising article was as accurate as it could have been because apparently, according to Huck, they reached out to Huck on Twitter, but Huck didn't respond. Um, because because he was busy apparently and three hours after they sent the message they posted the article you always you always got to you always got to ask the uh the the source of the hit piece you're writing about uh for a comment <laughs> you can't you can't just you can't just be like ah he's not responding let's just post it like you got to wait at least 24 hours for that because 
And you can't give him three or four hours. Huck's clearly a busy man. Um, uh, that's like one of the number one rules and I've learned here at Butler Journalism. Um, is, is you gotta you wait. Go. You gotta, you can't, I mean, I know nowadays everyone's like, let's get the information out as quickly as possible because that's how you get views. But now people are thinking VP Esports is less respectable because they didn't have the right information in some places, honestly, because, I mean, Kalios came out and told us where they were wrong. So um, they've got to make sure they not only source uh, whoever they got their source from, but also source everyone else involved in the story. You can't just do a one-source story. Never do a one-source story. Um, so, oh, you just added this nice little tidbit. Yeah, just in like the last 15 minutes, while we were recording the show... Uh, Blizzard has announced that uh, the Overwatch World Cup viewer is available. You can download it right now. Um, and actually, uh, John, you can download it right now. I'm going um, to. <laughs> and in theory, launch it. I haven't I haven't launched it yet to see what it is. Um, but it's available. There's a little uh, write-up uh, online. You can look for It's on the uh, Overwatch Twitter and all that. Uh, it tells you how to use it. Um, but it's the same thing like we speculated um, a couple weeks ago. That, yeah, it's um, it's accessible up next to the PTR option on your uh, PC uh, Blizzard app. Uh, you can install it just like you would another domain. Um, and then, in theory, go watch the matches. They said they'll keep it up for about a month after the Overwatch League, or after the after the World Cup. So you'll have plenty of time to go back and watch your replays of the semifinals and final matches. Very... Not the quarterfinals. But... Uh, uh, but yeah, so it just came out like 10 minutes ago. Very so. exciting. I, I have insufficient space on my computer, and I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, it's like 14 gigabytes or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. going to have to delete some stuff after this podcast. But yeah, that's it. I'm excited. I'm so excited to Overwatch World Cup. Everyone watch it. It's going to be exciting. Everyone watch BlizzCon, too. Um, another episode done. I think we're going to be back on Monday next week, right, Joe? Back to our old schedule. Yeah, because we'll have tons to talk about after this weekend. <laughs> exactly right, so we don't have to wait till Wednesday. Um, I hope I hope we get Overwatch League news this weekend, but it's not looking likely, honestly. Um, yeah, I guess we'll finish it off with our social media. You can follow us at our personal Twitters. Mine is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. You can follow the show's Twitter at on the flank show. Uh, and you can email us on the flank show at gmail.com. If you have any topics you want us to talk about, you can also tweet at us. I know tweeting is more modern. If you have any <laughs> topics you want to talk about, of course you're listening to this somehow, but if you want to listen to it in another way, you can find us on the flank.podbean.com. You can find us on my personal YouTube, which is John George, which is linked on my Twitter um, it's very hard to just search John George and find it on YouTube. You can check us out on iTunes um, and Apple Podcasts app. And you can also check us out on Spotify. Google Play Music coming soon. Uh, thank you guys for listening and enjoy an amazing weekend of BlizzCon.